As Central Texans struggle with the extreme summer heat, so do local businesses. The effect the heat is having on restaurants and food trucks. And the hot item farmers and others are waiting to get during our hot, dry summer. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Continuing the hot theme, we start with the forecast. It is one of the hottest days of the year, but we do have a very good chance for rain, which we could use. Meteorologist Nick is joining us now to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, storms are already affecting a good portion of Central Texas right now and it is going to bring some heat relief our way. Let's show you what it looks like in Marble Falls from the Highland Furniture and River City Grill camera. Real ominous skies out there and the wind's been picking up out ahead of many of these storms and showers too. Not raining exactly at this particular moment in Marble Falls, but you've got some rain around you. You can see this good, fairly widespread cluster of storms to the north and northwest. These have been slowly sinking to the south. We're still dry in Austin for the time being, but we do have some spotty showers and storms in northwestern Travis County that are slowly working their way south. And we also have a number of outflow boundaries. The winds at ahead of a storm that will likely develop new storms as those winds escape from the storms themselves. Northwestern Williamson County, western Williamson County, right over Liberty Hill, getting some rain west of Georgetown. Uh, Gerald, right now, just a couple of sprinkles in the area, but storm coverage will continue to increase here over the next hour or two. And you're dealing with at least scattered storms and downpours throughout much of the hill country. No severe weather out there now, although it's possible we could get some localized gusty, potentially damaging winds over the next few hours. Severe weather is not really our main concern here this evening. We're still at 106 in Austin. I expect as the rain comes through, temperatures will drop, say, 15, 20 degrees in a couple of hours or so as that cooler uh, rain-cooled air blows in. 50% rain coverage here at 7, so not everybody gets meaningful rain here tonight, but many of us do. Rain chances down to 30% at 9 and 20% at 11, so we'll be out of the triple digits here within the next couple of hours as that cooler air rushes in. We'll keep tracking storms and first warning weather as they move southward. We've got some chances for leftover rain tomorrow. We'll take you through the timing of that and a nice temperature dip for us. That's great news. We'll see you in a bit. Thanks, Nick. Well, even though there has not been a lot of rain in Central Texas this summer, one local business says more people are turning to them for rainwater collection tanks. Secure Water in Austin says business is up more than 20% from last year. The CEO says they're getting calls from people all across the I-35 corridor as far north as Oklahoma. They say a rainwater tank can give a single family home with two or three people about 10 months of water. The CEO describes it as an instantly recharging aquifer. As soon as we get our next inch of rain, um, the aquifer will not benefit because that's going to barely soak into the, the probably top four to six inches of, of soil. But the rainwater tank will have one inch of water. A farmer in Wimberley says her well dried up, so she's trying to get a rainwater collection tank. But because of the high demand, she's on a wait list. Tonight at 10, hear how creative she's being with getting water in the meantime. And with water restrictions impacting Central Texas, you might be curious about what stage your city is currently in. It does change. That's why we've made an interactive map highlighting water restrictions in our viewing area. You can check that out on KXAN.com. 
As Central Texans experience one of its uh, one of our hottest days of the year so far, area restaurants and food trailers are feeling the summer fatigue on their foot traffic and their wallets. The Texas Restaurant Association says local eateries are seeing a one-two punch of extensive triple-digit days paired with higher food and labor costs due to inflation. That's led to fewer customers this summer, impacting businesses' bottom dollar. Patricia Bedford, owner of Sugar's Cakery in Pflugerville, says key ingredients like cake flour have doubled in price because of inflation. She's had to raise prices to keep up with that added expense. I know it's hard for my customers, but it's definitely been a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, you know, it's just something I have to do if I want to stay in business. Businesses encourage customers to continue ordering takeout or posting about local restaurants on social media to help support them during the heat wave. We've got more details on measures restaurants can take to keep staff cool online at KXAN.com. In other news this evening, Leander police are looking for witnesses to a fatal crash yesterday. That's because one of the drivers involved walked away. The two-vehicle wreck happened before noon at the intersection of 183A Toll Road Frontage Road and Hero Way. Two people died and four others had to be taken to hospitals. The driver police are looking for left the crash on foot. Leander PD is asking anyone who saw the crash or has dash camera footage to contact them as soon as they're able to. And in North Austin, one person died in a crash involving two vehicles and a pedestrian early this morning. Austin Travis County EMS says four people were injured and one died at the site of the crash. It happened on the 9900 block of North Lamar. Jury selection is set to start tomorrow in the trial of a man accused in a mass shooting on 6th Street. DeAndre White is accused of opening fire on 6th Street in June of 2021 killing one person and injuring over a dozen others. Police say the shooting happened after some kind of confrontation between two groups of people. 25-year-old Douglas Cantor, an innocent bystander, was killed. After two days of jury selection starting tomorrow, the trial is set to begin on Wednesday. Authorities have identified the gunman they say shot and killed three black people in what they believe was a racially motivated attack at a Jacksonville, Florida Dollar General store. Authorities say 21-year-old Ryan Palmiter had no criminal history and legally purchased two firearms earlier this year. In a press conference today, authorities described a second-by-second -second timeline of the shooting, which took a total of 11 minutes from start to finish. He was armed with an AR-style rifle and a handgun and before the shooting he texted his father the location of three manifestos one for his parents one for the media and one for authorities the manifesto is, is a is quite frankly uh, the diary of a madman um, he was he was I mean he was just completely irrational um, but with the irrational with his irrational thoughts he knew what he was doing. He had 100%. He was 100% lucid. He knew what he was doing. Authorities say after the murders, Palmer shot and killed himself. Police released a video of the moments leading up to the shooting. You can find that footage on KXN.com. Russian officials say genetic testing confirms mercenary Yevgeny Prigozhin died in a plane crash earlier this week. The Russian investigative committee said in a statement that examinations of all 10 people who were killed in the crash correspond with the plane's manifest, which listed the mercenary chief among nine other people. 
The private jet crashed 60 miles north of Moscow two months after Prigozhin's failed coup attempt against President Vladimir Putin. American officials tell NBC News sabotage appears to be the case in this crash, although there is limited information to confirm that. The Kremlin has denied it is behind the crash. Still to come, new state laws go into effect this week, as well as efforts to stop some of them. We've got the rundown. And celebrating the legacy of LBJ on his birthday and discovering the parallels between the past and today. All kinds of free stuff, free parking, free admission, free cake. It is part of a tradition every year at the Lyndon Johnson Presidential Library to mark his birthday. LBJ was born on this day 115 years ago in 1908. Those attending got to travel back in time to learn about the personal and political life of the 36th president. In addition to the permanent displays like a replica of the Oval Office and LBJ's limo, there are temporary exhibits. One dedicated to First Lady Lady Bird Johnson's conservation efforts and another with original drawings from Dr. Seuss's book, The Lorax, which talks about environmentalism. Those who run the library say visitors might see a parallel between the 60s and today. The issues that were prevalent then, voting rights, civil rights, education, immigration, health care, those are the issues that we are discussing today. The LBJ Presidential Library is uh, on the University of Texas campus. It's open seven days a week from 9 until 5. Today was the second hottest day of the year in Austin at Camp Mabry, getting to 109, but even that doesn't break a record. The record for today is a very high 110. But at the airport, the hottest day of the year with a high of 110, that did break the record. And it was also one of the hottest days ever at the airport. In fact, only one other time has it been hotter. 112 back in the year 2000. Outside right now, we're watching some rain, some thunderstorms, all beneficial but some gusty winds associated with these two. We'll keep tracking the rain into the evening and a little chance for some more tomorrow in first warning weather. We have another busy week ahead in Texas politics. Our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden tells us about three stories to look out for in the coming days. The theme of this week is all about the laws set to go into effect on Friday and the legal challenges to try and stop some of them. Let's start with Monday. A federal district court will hear arguments in a challenge to a new law that bans sexually explicit or suggestive performances in the presence of minors. During the regular legislative session, LGBTQ advocates tried to stop the bill because at first it specifically mentioned drag performances. Even though the word drag was removed in the final version of the bill, drag performers say they still could be targeted. Supporters say it's about protecting children from inappropriate performances. On Wednesday, another hearing. A group of major cities are suing Texas over what opponents call the Death Star preemption bill. It limits how local entities can regulate themselves by banning them from adopting ordinances that go further than state law. Houston, San Antonio, and El Paso say it hampers their ability to self-govern, but supporters say it's all about consistency to help businesses. And on Friday, more than 750 new laws will go into effect, several impacting Texas drivers. Toll agencies will now have to give text tag customers a heads up if their credit card payment was declined. That way, customers avoid 
avoid those late fees. Under another law, Texas will charge electric vehicle drivers an additional $200 each year and $400 for every new electric vehicle registered. That's to make up for lost sales tax revenue from gas. And lastly, TxDOT will now have more power to temporarily reduce the speed limit on highways based on weather conditions. In Austin, Monica Madden, back to you. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Some wet roads in Liberty Hill now from our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies camera there. Remember, if you get some great rain video, we'd love to see it. Report it at KXAN.com. This is what radar looks like now. Not all of us seeing rain at this point. In fact, by the end of tonight, not all of us will have seen rain, but many of us will. We'll call it 50 to 60% rain coverage here. And you can see the storms and downpours blossoming in portions of uh, areas west of 35 in traffic. County, but these outflow winds from nearby storms will likely develop new storms as those winds move away from their parent thunderstorms. We've also got downpours and storms west of 35 in Williamson County too, with the most widespread wet weather moving through Gillespie County, Llano County, Blanco County now. We've also got some scattered storms and downpours in Lampasas and San Saba counties too. This is all a result of a cool front knocking on the door of Central Texas now. This front's going to slowly move south through this evening and continue moving south through the day tomorrow, eventually bringing us uh, some slightly cooler air, but for right now it's giving us beneficial rain uh, scattered in coverage, not numerous, but hey, it's something, right? And you can see still scattered storms and downpours around at 8 o'clock this evening with a low severe weather threat. Our main concern would be some gusts of wind coming with the rain. Then we head through the late evening hours and storms and downpours winding down. We'll maintain a low shower or storm chance tonight, despite the fact that some of our higher resolution computer models keep us dry overnight. We've seen some others that do bring in an overnight storm or shower chance. I think most of the day tomorrow is much drier than this afternoon and evening will be, but you can see some more spotty showers and storms forming tomorrow afternoon, and a few could continue into the evening as well. But we have knocked down the rain chances here for tomorrow a little bit. Tomorrow was originally looking wetter, but today is now the wet day of the week ahead. As far as high temperatures go, we go from 109 today to 100 tomorrow. We may get out of the triple digits Tuesday to 99, and then we're back into them on Wednesday and Thursday, although not as high into the triple digits as we were today. You're also going to notice humidity relief after today. Humidity drops through the day tomorrow, and you'll really notice the more comfortable air late Tuesday evening, Tuesday night through Wednesday, Thursday, and a good chunk of Friday before that humidity starts to increase again. So our forecast for tonight, say once the sun goes down, rain chances drop to 30%. Between now and sunset, rain chances at about 50 to 60%. It's going to be a very warm night, however, before that cooler air arrives, a low of 80. And we still manage a high of 100 tomorrow. Mix of sunshine and clouds and a lower 30% rain chance here for tomorrow, mostly in the afternoon. Then the sun's back for Tuesday, 99. Wednesday and Thursday, triple digits with sunshine, but it's a dry heat that will no doubt mean there's still a wildfire concern and then plenty of heat, but not as hot as today through next weekend. I do want to update you on what is now tropical storm Idalia spinning there and about to push into portions of the Gulf of Mexico. National Hurricane Center now expecting it strengthens to a 
Category 2 hurricane late Tuesday night into Wednesday morning before making landfall sometime early Wednesday in Florida before weakening and then reemerging outside of the Atlantic. New watches for hurricane and or tropical storms have been issued from the National Hurricane Center for portions of coastal Florida. We'll keep watching it. No chance this comes to Texas at this point. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Rough sledding currently for Austin FC. The Verde and Black came up short once again last night against their rival FC Dallas. Verde and Black couldn't really get anything going offensively. Then they were really put on their heels when Danny Pereira drew a red card right here on this play. In the 68th minute, they were short-handed after that. Uh, he had to leave the game. They did have a great chance that went off the bar, the top of it, late in stoppage time by John Gallagher. Then Tafari from FC Dallas was able to deliver the dagger shortly after. Austin FC loses the match 1-0, loses out on Copa Tejas, and FC Dallas jumps ahead of them in the Western Conference standings. A sad trinity. It's frustrating. I think uh, the guys deserve much more out of that. Uh, you know, if a team deserved three points, it was us. I think we had pretty good control of this game, first half, even second half, even down a guy, we, we didn't go up a whole lot. But the guy's spirit and commitment after taking the red, I mean, it's a red card, it's a second yellow. Um, obviously, he lets the play go, but uh, it's a turning point in the game. You know, just extremely disappointing. I mean, I think for that vast majority of the game, we were playing well and we had chances to win. And, uh, you know, they took, they took their chance at the end. And, you know, it's tough. We, we could have gotten out there with draw for sure. We should have. Matt Hedges used to play for FC Dallas. Not as long of a break for Austin FC as their next match will be Wednesday against the fourth place team in the West, the Seattle Sounders. They'll be back at Q2 Stadium. Kickoff is a little after 7.30. NFL after last night, it's officially on to the regular season for the Cowboys. More on that when sports continues after this. Keep it here. The Cowboys have officially put the preseason in the books and earned a win to boot last night over the Raiders. Cowboys starting quarterback Dak Prescott did not suit up, but he made his impact on the game another way by calling the plays. Last night's QB1 Will Greer made good on those plays. He threw two touchdowns and ran for two others having a hand in all four Cowboys touchdowns, if you can't do math, Mike. 457 yards of total offense last night for Prescott. Guy's not bad at this play-calling thing. Mike McCarthy, though, will be the play-caller once the real season begins two weeks from now against the New York Giants on Sunday night. All right, Major League Baseball Astros in Detroit taking on the Tigers. Kyle Tucker, the top of the second, two-run shot to right. Put the, puts the Astros on the board. That's the 26th home run of the season. More of that from Houston in the seventh. Martin Maldonado's home run to left made it 7-0 Astros. They dominated in this one, winning 17-4 over the Tigers. Justin Verlander got the start. He became the first pitcher to win 100 games at Comerica Park with his victory today. All right, finally, Gambler Days back at the Moody Center, the first place hometown team, way ahead of their competition in the standings, but the Gamblers looking for their first win at home, and the man who clinched it is the hot shot Ezekiel Mitchell, who was able to conquer Haymaker for the beyond the eight second mark there to clinch the victory. 35th win of the season for the Gamblers over at Moody Center. First time, though, 
that they've won in their history there at the Moody Center. That's so impressive. Can you stayed on that thing. You, yeah, how long do you think you can stay on the board? I'd be better as that clown that dry, tries to draw it away from the rider after he gets off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one with the barrel around. Yeah, the I have that for sure. <laughs> we'll be right back with a final look at your forecast. Stay with us. <laughs>